0: Hey guys, thanks for swinging by our podcast today. We hope this message leaves you encouraged and filled with hope, and that Christ and His goodness is meeting your every need. Good. He's so faithful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whew. Um, See. So he- all week I've been asking the Lord, what what do I share? Probably more than all week, but really this week I started feeling a little bit of pressure, uh, and especially last night I really felt pressure. You know? <laughs> when I went to bed last night, it was it was mountain pretty heavy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, I'm like, you know, I mean, God, I, I I've gotten to the point in my ministry that that. I don't want to to just preach to be heard. Yeah. I, I don't want to come up with this really good uh, symbolic or inspirational message. I, I, I just I won't do it anymore. And I've I, I did it for so many years where I just conjured something up and and I won't do it anymore. So I just I, I've told the Lord that I, I won't move unless you move. I won't speak unless you speak. So. So he woke me up this morning around 4.30, and he gave me a message. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> I mean, it just, it just, I mean, he just, I mean, it was, so it's his message, not mine. So if it's not good, take it up with him. Uh, but, I mean, it, Pastor Michael's been on, uh, he's been, on intimacy for I don't know a month now, I, and, and the Lord gave me a message on intimacy. It's not in in Song of Solomon, but but uh, I, I think that that God really wants us to understand what intimacy with Him is. I think it's the key. Uh, I don't think that we can truly know who He is until we're intimate with Him, and. And that word, intimate, probably, I mean, it can make people feel uncomfortable because the world has made it something that it's not. I mean, we've, we've turned it into a sexual reference um, where it's not. I mean, if you, if you really look up what intimacy is, it's just a, and I, I'm going to botch this word because it's one of those, like, words that, I don't know, I can't say it right. I don't know why. It's just, I could spell it, I can write it, but I can't say it very well, so... But intimacy is a, a close famili- familiarity. See, I can't say it right. Maybe I did. Or a friendship. It's closeness. It's, it's being so close to something that you know every aspect of it. Everything. Like, you know, you know how uh, that person is going to respond in a certain situation. You know how that person speaks. You know their voice from a distance. You know... Every detail, you know every detail. If if the smallest thing changes about them, you notice it. That's what intimacy is. It's not it's not a a, a, a taboo word or, or or what the world has made it. It's knowing every detail. First um, Chronicles twenty eight nine. David is is speaking to Solomon and he says as for you my son Solomon know the God of your father and serve him with a whole heart and a willing mind for the Lord searches all hearts and understands every intent of the thoughts if you seek him he will let you find him but if you forsake him he will reject you forever I love that if you seek him he will let you find him we don't have to run after God we don't have to chase God and and hope that we catch up to him I think that that there's there's a lot of Christians that live their life that way if we if we run hard enough if we do enough we'll get him we'll catch up to him he'll be ours he'll 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 be proud of us that's not even the focus of that whole verse. The focus is the word know. It's one word. He says, As for you, my son Solomon, know the God of your father. That word know, it, it's, it's the word is yada, and it means intimate friends. Intimate friends. So, so, David is looking at Solomon and says, Know God intimately. Worship him with all of your heart. I mean, David was a worshiper. And he, he, he loved, I mean, everything he did was to worship God. He intimately knew who God was, he knew every detail, he knew how he'd respond. He knew the next move he needed to take. He knew him intimately. That same word shows up in Genesis 18, 19. It says, For I have chosen him so that he may command his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord by doing righteousness and justice so that the Lord may bring upon Abraham what he's spoken about him. That word, yada, is no, chosen. So... It's used in this same verse in just a different format. So it says, for I have chosen him. I have known him intimately. So Abraham had an intimacy with God. He knew him. He didn't know about him. He knew him. He knew every detail of him. He knew what he looked like, what he sounded like. He knew what he liked and what he didn't like. It's, we always talk about this. It's, it's a lot like a marriage, a good marriage anyways. <laughs> <You> gotta, <it's, laughs> I know Jamie. I know how she'll respond to things. I know how she acts. I know how she thinks. If something's different about her, I tend to notice. Maybe not all the time. But I tend to notice if something's different about her. I know her intimately. Um, when all you married couples, you remember when you first started dating. I mean, some of you is a long time ago. Some of you is a little more recent. But you remember? You remember when you first started dating? I remember when we first started dating. We lived, we lived like 200 miles away from each other when we first started dating. And uh, we would, I, would, I would drive up um, every weekend, and I would spend money. I, I would do whatever it took so I could be with her. I remember spending hours and hours on the phone. You remember doing that? Maybe none of you did that, but we did. We would spend hours on the phone talking about absolutely nothing. It's actually really something that would, like, drive me nuts at this point in my life. (laughs) But we would talk about nothing. I mean, there would be silence over the... I mean, we would just lay there on each end of the phone just so that we could hear each other breathe. Isn't that true? I mean... She was everything that I longed for. She was my world. I mean, she still is. But isn't it funny that life happens? (laughs) You have kids and just... Before you know it, you're like, I don't even know what happened. I mean, we've, we've, we've been together for 15 years. And... I can't even, I mean, the things that have happened over the last 15 years, oh gosh, just in the last year, just in the last six months, it's easy, it's easy to get focused on all the stuff that goes on around us and lose the intimacy. Yeah. Again, it's not sexual in nature. It's knowing. It's, it's having such a bond It's having such a drive that that you look forward to coming home. That that you look forward to waking up just so you could speak to that person. I mean, I, I think it's really the only tangible way that we can describe the type of intimacy that God wants with us. That the Father, Papa, God wants with us. It's amazing. It's amazing to me that he strives he longs for intimacy with us He's, he i don't you can't even wrap your mind around it so back to to genesis 18:19 where it says for i have chosen him for i know him The word can also be translated as enter into covenant with. So God entered into a covenant, an agreement, a bond. It's it's like binding. It's more than than legal. It's it's more than a signature on a piece of paper. It's inseparable. It cannot be broken. A covenant is lifelong, never-ending, everlasting, everlasting. So God enters into a covenant with mankind and says, you're mine. You can't break that apart. Come on. I mean, we can try. We can hide in the corner and, and we, can, we can feel insignificant. But the covenant that God wants and has bonded is there. And it's intimacy. It's it circles and surrounds around intimacy, because that's what God wants. He doesn't. He doesn't just want us to show up Sunday morning and praise Him. He doesn't want us to just sing a song. He doesn't want us to just listen to a message. He doesn't want us to even just listen to messages and, and all week long. I mean, you know, we can listen to to Dan Bohai's radio station every day, all day, and still not have intimacy with God. We can read our bible, we can know it, we can recite verse after verse after verse after verse, we can we can we can pray prayers and still not have intimacy with god. Yes. We can go through all the motions of of christianity and never truly know who god is. Amen. Never truly understand who he is and what he wants to do in us and what he is to us. I, I think uh, just in the last eight months, I've, I've grown uh, in this deeper intimacy with God than I ever thought possible. I know his heart. Like, if you think about Moses, everything that Moses did and he put up with, and, and he, and he, whew, he knew, he knew God's heart. He knew him so intimately that he would fall on his face for an obstinate people because he knew that God didn't want to destroy them. Even though God said, I'm going to destroy you, he knew that wasn't right. He said he knew God's heart. I, I, I think I, I almost relate that to showing up on a Sunday and listening to a message do you believe the preacher or do you know it's true because you know who God is? Come on. I think all too often we believe the preacher because, well, he should know or she should know more than I do. I mean, they, they recited all these verses I've never even heard of. They've talked about books in the Bible I didn't even know were there. What, what is Habakkuk anyways? But we don't know God. We, we take somebody's word for who God is, but never actually know him for ourselves. We never get intimate with him to know his desires, to hear his heart, to know his next move, to know how he thinks, to know how he would respond in a situation. And I'm not talking about the little WWJD thing. What would Jesus do? I mean, it's novelty, but it's... I mean, I suppose, what would he do? It's not always just the opposite of what we would do. I think that we've been programmed to just do the opposite of what we would do in a situation, and that's what Jesus would do. But if we knew his heart, then we'd really know what to do, right? I mean, if if we knew intimately... We'd allow him to wake us up at 4.30 and give us a message. We'd trust him. We'd we'd know that his faithfulness isn't going to let us fall. Uh, Proverbs 3.32 says, For the devious are an abomination to the Lord, but he is intimate with the upright. But he is intimate with the upright. That word intimate is sowed. It means secret. He reveals his secrets to the upright. He reveals every, come on. He he reveals the secret things about him to those who want to know. That, that's where it is a twist in all of it. Is <laughs> you want, he wants you to want to know him. Yeah. If you just want to show up Sunday and, and hear a good message and feel good for a moment and walk away, that's not wanting to know God. It's not wanting intimacy with him. It's wanting a form of Christianity, religion, to be a part of something. Don't get me wrong, it's great to be part of a church and a body, it's, it's essential. But that's far from the goal. The goal is an in intimacy with Him that we, you know Him. See, Brett just showed up. Look at him, he's amening already. I like Brett. I think one of, the, one of the, the greatest examples, I mean, there's a lot, but I think one of the greatest examples um, of intimacy with, with God comes from Luke chapter 7. Verse 36, starts in verse 36. Now one of the Pharisees was requesting him to dine with them. And he entered the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. And there was a woman in the city who was a sinner. And when she learned that he was reclining at the table at the Pharisee's house, she brought an alabaster vial of perfume. And standing behind him at his feet, weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears and kept wiping them with the hair of her head. And kissing his feet and anointing them with the perfume. Now she wasn't even invited. She not she wasn't invited. She shouldn't have been there. She was it's a Pharisees' house. You, you know, I mean Jesus was criticized his whole ministry by the Pharisees for dining and doing things with sinners. Do you think she was welcome? in his home, at his table. Do you think she wanted to know him intimately? Yeah. Do you think she wanted to, to get so close and risk absolutely everything? I mean, she should have been stoned for doing what she did. I mean, that's really what, what, what would have happened. She should have been killed for entering into his house uninvited a sinner and and washing somebody's feet with her tears with a year's worth of wages risking everything everything see that's what intimacy is where you would lay down your life it doesn't matter what happens what the consequence is, how hard it is, you would give your all to know him. To have intimacy with him. Because when when we're intimate with him, (laughs) nothing else matters. I mean here she is, they're they're eating. And she doesn't care what's going on in the room. She's focused on him. She's focused on him. Now, when the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, if this man were a prophet, he would know who and what sort of person this woman is who is touching him, that she's a sinner. Um, I want to note this, too, that when it says that she was taking her hair and wiping his feet with the oil and her tears. It, it's so symbolic because her hair would have been her identity. It would have been who she was. It would have had, so she was taking her identity and saying, I don't care anymore. I'm going to lay it down and I want you to give me a new identity. I want to know who I am to you. The only way that we can do that is when we have intimacy with him. We can't know who we truly are until he tells us. Come on. And we can't hear from him unless we're intimate with him. We can't hear his heartbeat. We can't know his thoughts. We can't know his voice until we're intimate with him. Right? I mean, come on. So it goes goes on in verse 44. Turning toward the woman, he said to Simon, Do you see this woman? I entered your house. You gave me no water for my feet, but she has wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You gave me no kiss, but she, since the time I came in, has not ceased to kiss my feet. You did not anoint my head with oil, but she anointed my feet with perfume. For this reason, I say to you, her sins, which are many, have been forgiven. For she loved much, but he who is forgiven little loves little. Then he said to her, Your sins have been forgiven. Those who were reclining at the table with him began to say to themselves, Who is this man who even forgives sins? And he said to the woman, Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. It seems like a... It seems like, well, she, she was desperate. She had nowhere else to turn. I mean, it's easy to, to look past this, this moment, this verse, this passage, and not understand the, the weight of it and what it really means. In, in Matthew 26, 13, uh, it's the same, same situation, the same story Jesus adds that truly I say to you, wherever this gospel is preached in the whole world, what this woman has done will also be spoken of in memory of her. It's a picture of intimacy. See, when we're intimate with somebody, we lay everything on the table. We bear all. There's not there. There is nothing that I hide from Jamie. Jamie. There's nothing. I tell her everything. Maybe sometimes too much. But I tell her everything. She knows my faults. She knows my weaknesses. She knows the things that, that upset me. It's, she knows the intimate details of me that not everybody else knows. And the beautiful thing is, is that when we bear ourselves, there's no condemnation. There's no guilt. There's no shame. When we truly enter into an intimate relationship with Jesus, there's no risk of shame or condemnation or guilt. There's none. Now, the enemy will tell us a completely different story. But yeah. we'll see, that Jesus knows every detail about your life anyways. Right. And yet we're afraid to tell him. We're afraid to admit it. We'd rather cover it up. We're going to keep that dark. We're going to keep that away from you, Jesus. Because if I keep it away from you, you probably can't see it. But he knows everything about you. Yeah. So, it almost seems redundant, except he wants intimacy. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. It, it's not about confessing. It, it's not about uh, doing the right thing. It's, it's not about any of that. It's about intimacy. And hear my heart in this, because the, the, it is confessing. It, it is all of those things. But, but the, the primary goal is, is not that. It's to enter into an intimate relationship with Jesus, with the Father. It's not, we make it about all this other stuff. We we make it about, well, we got to go to heaven. We got to be good people. We got to be good Christians. We got to read our Bible. We got to pray. We have to do this, 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 and this. But if we had intimacy with Jesus, none of that would matter and it all would fall in place on its own. We wouldn't have to strive. We wouldn't have to feel bad because we didn't read 17 chapters in our Bible today. We wouldn't have to feel bad because we didn't spend three hours in prayer today because we'd be so linked with him that we would know every detail of him. And he'd know every detail of us. He does already, but we allow him in to see every detail. Amen. God. We allow every aspect of our life and our heart to be bared before him. And yet it's the, well, like one of the hardest things that people do because the enemy tells us so many lies he speaks things over us that are not true he holds us captive but all we have to do is enter into relationship with the one that sets us free come on Here's the thing I had a lot of crap going on in here when I when I moved here to Louisville a lot. Oof. And I was scared that God would out me. That God would reveal all this stuff about me. Guess what? He didn't. Yeah. <laughs> Guess what he wanted? intimacy this isn't hard he wanted intimacy he (laughs) he didn't want me to to wallow in self pity he didn't want me to air all my stuff he just wanted me to allow him to do what he wanted to do in me all along He wanted intimacy. (laughs) He wanted me, listen, he wanted me to know every aspect of his heart. He wanted me to feel what he feels. To know what he knows. That's really hard to fathom. Why would he, the creator of the world, Want that with me? That doesn't. I mean, on paper, it doesn't make sense. Well, let's list my attributes, and let's list his attributes. They don't exactly mesh. <laughs> <laughs> but he's chosen us. And he hasn't just chosen us to do something. We like to say that in the church. He's chosen you to do something. Well, because we want you to do something. We have stuff to get done. Now he's chosen you to know him. Because he knows you. But he wants you to know him. He wants you to have the same intimacy that Jesus had with him. Come on. John 13, verse 23. There was reclining on Jesus' bosom one of his disciples, whom Jesus loved. Oh. (laughs) So Simon Peter gestured to him and said to him, Tell us who it is of whom he is speaking. Of course, Jesus was talking about Judas and how he's going to betray him. And and here's John laying back on Jesus, leaning against his chest so he could hear his heartbeat. And Peter's like, I want to know who's doing it. I want to know who 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 the betrayer is. And then it says in verse 25, he leaning back thus on Jesus' bosom said to him, Lord, who is it? And then Jesus spoke and said, it is the one that. But isn't it funny? Who is in intimacy? John. Who wasn't? Peter. Who got the secret? John. Come on. on. So Peter asks. (laughs) Peter's like, I know if I ask, he's going to tell me, no, get behind me, Satan, or something like that. John, will you ask him? He loves you. Come on, come on. That's <laughs> good. Because Peter knew the intimacy that John had with Jesus. John had so much intimacy, he wrote the whole book of Revelation. He got to see things that we couldn't even imagine. Intimacy leads to greater revelation. The more intimate we are, the more he gives, the more he speaks, the more we know about him. How desperate are you? Is it okay to know of him? Is it okay to just know things about him? Or do you want to know him? The depths of his heart... He releases it when we want it. Come on. 2 Corinthians 5.14, For the love of Christ controls us, having concluded this, that one died for all, therefore all died. The word controls is suneco. It says to hold together, devoting completely, gripped, holding in custody. Does his love grip you? Does it have such a hold on you that you can't possibly do anything else but know him, but to speak to him, to have intimacy with him? Because that's what it does. That's what it says in his word. His love controls us, it grips us. It's everything we desire, nothing else. It's the only thing we want. And when we get it, we want more. And when we get more, we want more. And when we have that more, we want even more. We want constantly striving, wanting more of what he has. So there's never a level where we go, okay, I got enough. (laughs) Problem is, is there's so much... There's so many Christians that live right here at this level So I got enough. I'm gonna go to heaven. I said, I said, forgive me at camp 20, 30 years ago. I'm good. I'm gonna go to heaven one day. I read my Bible. I do good things. I go on mission trips. <laughs> This is me excited. My wife's looking at me like, I've never seen the side of him before. She knows me intimately. (laughs) Come on. John 17, 21, 26. That they may all be one, even as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you sent me. The glory which you have given me, I have given to them that they may be one just as we are one in them and in you and me and that they may be perfected in unity so that the world that may know that you sent me and love them even as you've loved me. Father, I desire that they also whom you've given me be with me where I am so that they may see my glory which you have given me for you loved me before the foundation of the world. O righteous Father, although the world has not known you, yet I have known you and these have known that you sent me and I have made your name known to them and will make it known so that the love with which you loved me may be in them and I in them. One. The word one means one. 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 Not two. One. Matthew 19, here's here's a verse that we quote at weddings. I don't do this because I don't like to to be cliche. But 19, I'm sorry. (laughs) I don't. Matthew 19, 5, 6, and said, For this reason a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one no, one. <laughs> what, the- <laughs> what therefore God has joined together, let no man separate. Guess what? That word one is the same word used that they may all be one. Even as you, Father, are we or one? What? One. Oh, come on. oh man. How many? I don't think, I don't know, One. <laughs> This is just too much fun. One. He's not separate. He's not far off. He's not untouchable. So if, if we're to be married to other flesh and become one... How much more does God want us to be one with him? It's the same word. It's not different. I didn't write down the Greek. Maybe Brett knows it. He's in school. (laughs) One. It does. It means one. (laughs) Yeah. Uno. God wants intimacy with us. And I think the word intimacy makes people uncomfortable. I really do. I think because we, we know the world's thought of intimacy. But it's having such a closeness with God that there's no separation. And remaining there. Remaining there. Remaining there. Because the world will happen. God's not into divorce. The world happens. And things get busy. We know, I know. So just like we neglect our earthly relationships, we neglect our heavenly relationships. And honestly, I think that's the first to go. When we're too busy, well, I'm sorry, God, tomorrow. Until we've pushed it off so much that we're so far from God, we can't hear him, see him or know what he wants. Thanks we're so wound up in our, in our stuff because we don't have intimacy with Him. There, I say we can be sanctified and not have intimacy. And the only reason why I say that is... is is because I think that, that we have a tendency to go, "Well, I' sanctified. I remember the moment that I was sanctified. Dan preached about that last week by knowing the moment that we're sanctified. Well, I was sanctified, I don't know, 13 years ago. but I haven't lived in intimacy with Jesus for 13 years. On and off, we'd pick back up again here and there, light the flame again. But to live in such intimacy with God, to know every aspect of His heart, yeah. to feel the 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 type of love that we felt when we first started dating our spouse. Brett is dating right now. How long you spend on the phone, Brett? A lot, of hours. A, lot of hours. A lot of hours. Yeah. How much of that do you have to say? Most of the time we don't talk. Right. You just want to hear each other breathe. Yeah. See? See? Brett's in it right now. <laughs> We've all done it. I, just, I say it because it's the most tangible thing that we can grab onto to understand the type of relationship that Jesus desires with us. He just, <laughs> he just wants to hear us breathe. He wants us to lean up against him. Could you imagine if I just leaned up against Logan <laughs> with just laid my head on his chest? Men squeamish, doesn't it? Like that's that—that's a little uncomfortable. But picture John leaning against Jesus in that way. And, and not even, not moving. This is where I am. Everybody else is worrying about what's going on, but this is where I am. I'm going to lean against. This is Jesus, by the way. I keep doing that. I'm not going to lean against Logan. But being so close that when he moves, you feel him move. <laughs> Come on. It's good stuff. It really is. It's beautiful stuff. I don't want to live any other way. I've lived the other way and it's not fun. Thanks for listening to this week's message. The goal of River City Hope Church is to provide as many resources as we can for free. If you'd like to support this ministry, go to HopeForRiverCity.com. Again, that's Hope, the number four, RiverCity.com.